Hey, Brian. Hey, Rick. Shooter McGavin here on a Masters Weekend, day two. Wow. So I heard your From the Tips podcast is kind of badass. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of From the Tips. It is me, your boy, Brian. Uh, no co-host this week as uh, our buddy Rick Landis has unfortunately been stuck in Florida trying to get back from, obviously, the golf trip, which we will talk about when we, he gets back next week, and um, a vacation with, with the family. So uh, he's finally back, but he's definitely decompressing, unpacking, et cetera, et cetera. But he had one heck of a uh, journey to get home. So happy that he's home, but uh, only me for uh, today. So we are just going to, you know, probably just get you in and out, hopefully, and and, and have a nice little short, concise episode. Just going to unpack what's going on with the Wyndham. Also, obviously, the uh, beginning of the FedEx Cup playoffs. Uh, we will talk about the absolute shock that was Justin Thomas's season. We'll talk about the Bryson DeChambeau 58, where that kind of leads us going into the Ryder Cup and also some news out of Tiger Woods, who has been baffling uh bafflingly sure that's a word uh quiet since the pif pga merger so we're going to talk about that too but first as we do here on this podcast and uh you know if if i did my due diligence which of course i did not because why would i um we we would talk about the today in sports history so let me type that into your google uh because i'm i'm just the the worst uh, here we go. August 8th. This uh, episode is going to release August 9th. Let's see here. Um, no. In 1920, the Detroit Tigers beat the New York Yankees 1-0 in the shortest American League game in recorded history. 73 minutes. Uh, here's another one for all you Phillies fans out there, much like myself. Uh, a historically bad team, obviously, have the most losses of any professional team in the world. That includes all sports. Any professional team, they have the most losses. They are the losingest franchise in the history of sports. In 1922, just in case they weren't bad enough, the Pittsburgh Pirates set a record of hits in a doubleheader against the Phillies with a grand total of 46 hits. Oh my goodness, are the Phillies a horrendous organization throughout history? But they're uh, pretty good to watch now if you're a Phillies fan out there. Uh, definitely a fun team to watch, as it were. Those are some things that happen on in sports history today. Obviously, Rick does a much better job at that than I do. Uh, this is going to be a rough go, folks. Uh, usually, usually we uh, we don't do the podcast when one of us can't make it, but because we had already uh, gone the without a week, we decided that we were going to do a solo episode here. But missing. One of the, I would consider one of the best co-hosts in, in the podcasting realm. It's going to be a tough one, but we're going to get through it, I swear to you. Let's talk about the Wyndham Championship. The win going to none other than our friend Lucas Glover getting it done with a 20 under, uh, two under in round four, uh, battling off Russell Henley uh, and and some others to get that win there. But to be honest, the event, was more about who from the bubble in the top 70 of the FedEx Cup 
you know, playoffs, who can get it done, right? We had, we had a bunch of guys on the bubble, very important names out there. Obviously, the biggest one being Justin Thomas, a perennial superstar in the golf world, I think has been in the FedEx Cup playoffs since its conception, has not missed it yet. Misses it this year with a brutal, brutal chip in attempt that just bounces out. Uh, and he ended up falling backwards and holding his holding his face in in disbelief and sadness as he knew that that was pretty much the nail in the coffin there. Uh, obviously, some things had to happen. He almost could have made it, but that was pretty much the nail in the coffin. And he unfortunately is not going to be in the FedEx playoffs. So we uh, talk about a rough rough season for Justin Thomas. Uh, He played 25 events this year, only had five top tens, 13 top 25s. And, you know, as much as 13 top 25 sounds like a pretty good number in 25 events, you know, this is where it's going to kill you. Six missed cuts. That is six weeks out of the 25 events that you played that a, you didn't get a paycheck and B you didn't get a single FedEx cup point. There are guys out there that obviously aren't the best golfers, right? They're not going to blow you away with their ability to golf, right? Uh, I'm talking about guys like a, a Sepp Straka or a Nick Taylor, uh, guys like uh, maybe a Russell Henley or a Taylor Moore. By the way, all these names I just listed are guys that are in the top 25 in the FedEx Cup rankings right now, guys that are pretty much a shoe-in to get there on the final weekend for the season. And the difference between what happened with Justin Thomas this year and what happened with a lot of these guys is that a, he missed a lot of cuts in, in the events that he did play. He only played 25 events. You know, you could argue, Hey, maybe play more golf, get more points. You're there. That's not really what his strategy has always been. He's always been as, as far as we're concerned, good enough to always be in the FedEx cup playoffs. Here we are with a guy who not only just couldn't put it together all year, but statistically speaking, his worst year from tee to green by far. What would you, I mean, what would you consider to be his downfall? Really, I think it's just he never was able to piece it together. He had a really, he had a really good stretch between December and March, where he played in six events, and in all those events, he was top 25, and he was looking really good. And then the putting fell off to an an immense degree the the putting was the worst it has ever been in his career and you can really pinpoint the u.s open as his largest failure in that in that tournament alone two strokes under the pga average of the u.s open in putting two strokes under the pga average in approach three strokes under in off the tee and five and a half total strokes under at the U.S. Open, you could you could argue that that is when his season completely fell apart. You really you really could just pinpoint that and say, "Wow, this is where everything went south." But it was kind of getting there anyways. Even when he was on that really decent stretch earlier this season, the putting was never there. He has only been positive strokes gained putting five times this year. I'm going to say only positive against the PGA average in strokes gained putting five times out of 25 events. That is just, that's not going to get it done. And he knows that we all know that he's got to have a turnaround year next year. You know, he, in one in his post game, post game, his post round press conference on Sunday, he was, he was quoted saying that 
as much as he would love to be in the FedEx Cup playoffs, and that is something that he wants to be in in his career, it means more to him to be a part of the Ryder Cup team. If I'm Zach Johnson right now, I'm looking at the season he had and being like, we cannot have you on this Ryder Cup team. Not only do we not have a great record when we play in Europe as the United States team, but also they have an exponentially good team this year. Obviously, the last Ryder Cup, they did have a good team. But you knew going into that Ryder Cup, it was like the United States team is far and away better. You look at you look at the teams now. Yeah, I'm, my timbers are shivered. Usually, I'm I'm pretty confident when it comes to the Ryder Cup that you know the United States is going to get it done. But it is in Europe against probably one of their better teams in the last two Ryder Cups put together right now, uh, headed by your number one in the world, your number one in the FedEx Cup rankings, John Rahm, a, a menace on a golf course. And that's not, and he's not even the one that I'm worried about uh, as far as that team is concerned. I mean, that's something I'm going to talk about with, with Rick come next week. And, you know, obviously leading into it, leading into the FedEx Cup playoffs, but Justin Thomas cannot be on this team. There's, there's no feasible reason why he should be on this team. If I'm Zach Johnson, I'm looking at Justin Thomas as a complete not non-factor. His name's not even coming across my, my, ideas as to what my captain's pick would be there's a lot of interesting captain's picks out there and he's just really not one of them so a tough tough year for justin thomas i i do not like talking about you know him like this it just never i've always liked justin thomas as a golfer i hope he turns it around next year i hope he goes to the lab and fixes his putting and stuff like that but man tough tough year for a justin thomas but we're gonna look at some other names here another guy that had a massive massive weekend is Bryson DeChambeau, famously an enemy of this very podcast, but he went ahead and shot a 58 on Sunday in the Live Greenbrier event. Not only doing it, just shooting a 58, but also doing it in electric fashion in the rain to finish out Sunday, made a bomb on number 18 to solidify the 58. That ties... Jim Furyk's PGA Tour record 58, which he shot at the Travelers in 2016. Now, here are some quotes from him. He said, quote, for a good aspiring junior golfer that's trying to be a professional golfer, you just go to the front tees, you try and shoot under 60. If you can do that and you can consistently are able to do that every single round you play, get in that comfortable mind of, okay, I'm 10 under, 11 under, 12 under. Let's keep going, pedal to the metal. That gets you in a great mindset. And that, and that was his training when he was a kid in the mindset of going low. And that's, and that's why I bring this up. You know, obviously I'm not a huge fan of talking about Bryson DeChambeau. That's not my, you know, MO. It's not the MO of this podcast, but when, when it comes to that mindset, you know, junior golfers shoot from the front tees, do everything you can to shoot under 60. And, and I'm not trying to shake up the golf world here. Right. I, I really am not. But when it comes to, you know, guys like me, guys, like all my friends, everybody that's on the, the, the hat cross America tour, all, all of us, we shoot from the whites, usually the amateur whites, you know, where you're supposed to shoot, you know, don't let the, don't let the name of the podcast fool you. We do not shoot from the tips. That is, that is not, not in the cards for, for your boys here, but you know, should we have maybe, you know, when it comes to thinking about amateur golf and the amateur golfer, should we maybe think more about play from the front until you can break par and then move back until you can break par again and then move back until you can break par again. You know what I mean? Like, 
all of us are going out there and, you know, you have your better amateurs, you know, like our, like our buddy Tom who shoots in the mid eighties, our, our buddy John who shoots in the high mid eighties from time to time. You have guys like, like me and, and our, our buddy Colin who can usually shoot anywhere from the, the mid to high nineties. Right. And then you have other golfers that we're friends with who shoot in the, the mid to high one hundreds. None of that is breaking par. You know what I mean? Should, should maybe the golf world rethink the shape of, where we tee off right but you know then again this is obviously a question to the fans you know hit 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 up the podcast in the comment section and in the in the, in the on the uh, in the dms and, and we'll feel free to conversate on that but that's just just a question to put out in the world do you think that might be something that the general population of amateur golfer should think about maybe some courses should think about enforcing something like that you know just a, just a thought to put in the universe Hey guys, we're just going to take an aside here to hear from our partners. First up is shankitgolf.com. Go ahead and visit their website. They got all sorts of things for you. They got golf towels, golf polos, stuff to mark your balls. They got all sorts of hats. They have everything that you're going to need to look your best on the golf course and feel your best on the golf course. Go ahead and at checkout, use code FTT15 for 15% off your order. You're not only helping yourself save money, but you're helping us get a little bit of that scratch on the side so we can bring you the best content that we can. Again, go ahead and check out shankitgolf.com for all your golf apparel needs. If you haven't heard before, Dr. John Murray is now a Titleist performance expert that's right, he is someone who can help improve your body's swing connection. His medical background plus his Titleist certification can help you improve your golf game however you want. You want to have less pain? Dr. Murray can help. You want to create longevity in your career? He can help. Sick of getting out driven by your buddies? He can do that too. Check out Dr. John Murray at jmurraytpi on Instagram or reach out to him via email at jmurraytpi at gmail.com. Once again, that's jmurraytpi and jmurraytpi at gmail.com. I've already gone to him for my first screening. It went so well. I really felt like we identified some of the negative portions of my golf swing. I've already started doing my stretches to improve my golf game, and I'm interested to see how that translates into my second session. Go ahead and check him out on those platforms I listed already. He's He's great. He's great at what he does. Uh, all right, back to the episode. But Bryson DeChambeau, 58. You have to argue he's a shoe-in for getting that that nod from, from Zach Johnson to be on the Ryder Cup team. That, uh, you know, just comparatively to Justin Thomas, Bryson DeChambeau is a guy that's pretty much played good golf all season on, on the live side of, of the golf world. So you kind of look at what he's done, and you're like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But obviously, there's also some interconnected politics there, right, between the, the PGA Tour and Live Tour. As much as their entities are merging for next season, the players, you know, have have some issues with each other. You know, maybe not on the United States side, but most certainly, you know, Roy McIlroy and, and you know, Tommy Fleetwood and Victor Hovland have said things, you know, about the Live Tour in the past. I haven't heard a whole lot from uh, United States guys other than Xander Shoffley, who, you know, made the, the big comments a couple of weeks ago. But y- you really think about, the interconnected politics from, from Zach Johnson here. And you have to understand that there's the competitor and there's the guy that wants to make everybody happy. And to me, I think Zach Johnson is going to go the competitor route. I it's almost guaranteed to me. He's at least bringing in Brooks Kepka and Bryson DeChambeau. I, I feel like it would be a disservice to the United States team to not bring those two in. 
uh, I really feel like it would be, especially with Brooks's performance in the majors and Bryson's performance over on the live tour. I feel like it would be kind of a crime if they weren't on the team. I think we'd be robbed of what could be the best United States team that we could put out there um, in Rome. So to keep moving forward here, uh, talked about the Ryder Cup, talked about uh, Justin Thomas and Bryson DeChambeau. Let's talk about those FedEx Cup standings. We have our 70. It has been decided thanks to the Wyndham Championship. Some surprising names on this list, especially when you look at the guys from, from 60 to 70. There's just some cool names. You like to see new names on this list. You got guys like J.J. Spawn finally getting that bid, Matt Naismith. Cam Davis, Sam Ryder, Sam Stevens, Aaron Rye, a bunch of guys that are kind of fringe players get that top 70 finally and get to participate in the FedEx Cup playoffs. That's awesome. But I want to kind of turn the attention more towards the top 10 and maybe some of the more shocking guys in the top 10, right? There are some guys here that you would not expect to see in this top 10, especially if you asked me at the beginning of the season, would I see these names? I'd be like, absolutely not. Maybe in the top 70, but they're not going to be top 10, right? You have your guys that there are a lot of guys here that I would agree with are top 10 from the start of the season to now. You obviously John Rom, Sky Scheffler, duh. Roy McIlroy won it last year, duh. Max Homa, always a guy to root for, a guy I would definitely expect to be here. Absolutely. Victor Hovland, for sure. Keegan Bradley, yeah, yeah kind of, but you know, he had a hot start. So obviously I think he earned his right to be here. Here are some of the names I want to really highlight. Number five, specifically for me is just a really cool name to see in the top five of the PGA tour. And that's Wyndham Clark. Uh, Definitely just not a guy that you would expect to see in that situation. You know, obviously he is a good golfer. He he's currently 11th in the world, right? Or not. That's yeah. He's, he's number 11 in the world, obviously playing fantastic golf this year. These numbers aren't blowing me away, but those two wins, the U.S. Open and the Wells Fargo Championship. Yeah, he won the U.S. Open. So obviously, he's probably going to be in the top 10. Sure, I get that. But like the two wins on top of the fact that he has what? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 12 top 25s in approximately 20 to 25 events. Those two wins mean a whole lot. But on top of that, when you're thinking about comparatively to Justin Thomas, and I I hate to keep harping on the poor guy. I really feel like I'm burying him here. But this is the difference. This is the difference between being in a situation where you're you're, you're fighting for the FedEx Cup and being outside of it and being on the bubble. He only missed the cut two times this year. Every other week that he teed it up and he played and he had a start, A, he got a paycheck. B, he got FedEx Cup points. That matters. You get points where you can. You battle just to make that cut, and then you continue to battle to get the points that you can. Is a T37, T33, T34 shocking the world? Absolutely not. What is it doing? Getting you FedEx Cup points, giving you the ability to have a chance at the FedEx Cup playoffs, and Wyndham Clark did that for himself. A super cool name to see in the top five, that kind of stuff. I love to see it. Brian Harmon. Obviously, he got he, his wins this year. I, I, did he get one or multiple? I think he might have gotten. Let me look here. Got a win this season. Uh, obviously, we know is the Open. He won that. Uh, now, here's here's another interesting situation. You look at it, he's not blowing me away with the stats that he's had this year. 
What is jumping off the page to me is, again, the lack of missed cuts. Missing cuts can absolutely kill you in the long run in trying to make the FedEx Cup. It, it just it, Obviously, winning a major, very helpful. I get that bit. I really do. But making cuts arguably can be more helpful. There's there's a lot of guys here in these FedEx Cup playoffs, I mean, a lot of guys who didn't win this year and just got points consistently, didn't miss cuts, started, started a weekend of golf, ended it on Sunday, whether they won or not doesn't really matter in, in, in retrospect, obviously everybody wants to go out there and win, but you give yourself a chance. You give yourself the best chance to play in the playoffs, right? Another name that obviously I'm going to highlight because his resurgence this year is absolutely incredible. And that is big Dick Rick himself, Ricky Fowler got the win at the rocket rocket mortgage. Everybody was hyped about that. But when you look at his season in total, the amount of top 25s is amazing to see. Uh, the 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, uh, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 top 25s. Four missed cuts. The numbers don't lie here, folks. When you When you make cuts, when you make Sundays, whether you're in the battle or not, when you make Sundays and you can start the weekend, and end the weekend, get a paycheck, and get FedEx Cup points, you put yourself in a better situation when it comes down to the season. And, and that's something that obviously I feel like is in the back of every PGA pro's mind, but also maybe not at the forefront. All these guys are going out here. It's like, you know, wins and losses and top 25s are are what you're gunning for. And when you don't do that, you're kind of disappointed. But maybe take the Kevin Kisner route, right? Somebody has to be the 40th 50th best in the world right somebody's got to be that guy why can't it be you you know what i mean why can't it be this guy or this guy um yeah just a cool cool name to see in the top 10 and obviously there's a lot of guys on this list that really fought well this year and i think when you look at a lot of these names and something that we talked about in this very podcast you look at these names and you're like oh i remember his name from earlier this year oh i remember his name from earlier this year like he might have fallen off towards the end of the year but what do we talk about Get points early when the big hitters aren't playing yet. Put yourself in the best position. I think there's a lot of guys in this top 70 that did exactly that. Uh, you, you look at guys like Emiliano Grillo. You look at guys like Seamus Power, Corey Connors, guys that did well at the start of the season, maybe had a fall off, maybe didn't do so well in the midway or the end, but they got the traction early when the competition was a little bit leaner and made the playoffs. Like it's not rocket science. I get that. I'm probably just talking normal, but like to me, this is, this is what gets you to this point, right? You know, this is, this is maybe what guys like, like Justin Thomas or, or like some guys like Shane Lowry, who ended up missing the top 70 guys that you would expect to be there Maybe if you just started your season earlier or played more events, you would have yourself a better situation. At the end of the stretch, Justin Thomas had to add the 3M Open that he didn't plan on playing in to try and get points back and still miss the cut. You don't want to be in that kind of situation in the late season when you're adding events to hopefully make the playoffs, just, just hoping and praying you can get there. You don't want to be put in that situation. That's never a good a good thing when you're trying to make this uh, the the playoffs. I feel like I've said Stanley Cup playoffs at some point in this whole thing. I apologize if I said that. 
obviously also have a hockey podcast. So that, that can sometimes happen, but you look at this top 70, it's a fun top 70. I'm excited to see these guys go at it, but obviously everybody's looking at that top 10 Everybody's specifically looking at that top three. You have John Rahm, Scotty Scheffler, Rory McIlroy. One of the three has won it before or uh, last season. John Rahm, Scotty Scheffler have yet to win it. Right. And those two are pretty much the favorites going into it. Obviously, this could be a bold prediction. It could be. I don't think it's that bold. I don't think any of the guys in the top three walk away with the FedEx Cup. I, I really don't. And I am eyeing down guys that have been hot down the stretch. I'm looking at guys like Victor Hopland, like Max Homa. You know, the, these guys that are in the top 10, just kind of around it, but they're playing good golf consistently. When the when the, the lights are shining brightest, can John Rom, Scotty Scheffler, and Roy McElroy shine and and get it done i don't know i i specifically worry about rory mcelroy we've already been over that that's you know that's for certain um but yeah i'm i think that there's going to be somebody in the top 10 that wins it this year and i don't think it's anybody in the top three again that could be a bold take it could be a super cold take i'm i don't know you know bold or cold takes who knows right <laughs> i don't i i think that it's just going to be outside the top three and let me know in the dms uh yeah on twitter on instagram uh, on Instagram, it's at from the tips underscore pod on Twitter. It's at FTT underscore pod. Go ahead and follow those. Obviously after you, yeah, you know, respond to my uh, insanity in the, in the DMS. Uh, we, we appreciate you guys week in and week out, you know, hit and play on this podcast and, and continuing to follow us. It, it means the world to us. Um, we're really trying to, to do our best to deliver, you know, good content to you guys. So we appreciate it. Uh, again, go follow those socials. Uh, we super appreciate it, guys. Next week, Rick is going to be back. We're going to be talking about the golf trip. We're going to be talking about the FedEx Cup playoffs. It It's going to be a wild ride. Um, so next week, he's going to be back. So look forward to that. But as it is for this time, again, thank you so much. And we out.